So you've got this grand campaign that you've been playing for years and years and there's so much stuff going on. It's just all over the place. You've got notes that go back and you go, oh, I remember that. How do you bring it all together? How do you stitch this delicate tapestry of chaos into a beautiful conclusion? Well, here is how. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of How to Be a Great GM. <laughs> okay, I'm super excited for this idea and for this week's episode. And I'm just bursting because why, 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 why? Because campaign webs, this is the thing. This is the thing it's called. It's called a web, okay? I, eh, web, fine, call it a web, whatever. The idea is that you are going to take all of the things, all the strands, all of the little NPCs, all of the seeds, all of the little things that the players did months, weeks, years ago, and you're going to now tie them back into the main story, especially if you haven't ever planned for it to happen in the first place. Now this, folks, is something that I do all the time. And the reaction I inevitably get is people go, that was linked to this. Really? That's amazing. I am not advocating that we do this for the adoration and the praise that gets heaped upon us. That is not why we're doing this. We are doing it because it makes for a more interesting game, it makes for a more entertaining game, and it keeps everybody, our players and you, GM, it keeps you as well on your toes because it truly means that you are never completely in control of your game and that it is going to tell you, this is the fun part, this game is going to give you an adventure that you didn't even think of beforehand. So that's why I love, 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 love this idea of campaign webs. So where do we start? Well, step number one is go through your notes. Go through your notes. Look at NPCs that were helped once long ago. The farmer whose field was infected by little weird mites that the characters at level one went in and killed the mites and left. That farmer could now be drawn back in. We don't know how. That's another step. By going through our notes, we often find, oh, yes, they were going to speak to the elves about the strange book that they found, but they've forgotten all about it. In my current campaigns that I'm running, and if you're my players, you've both used them already, so sucks to be you, but... My player characters, two separate groups, found a mysterious orb in the hands of an illithid. I had no idea what it was, but it was cool and it allowed them to do certain things that seemed amazing. Well, at least that's what my thinking was. But when they found the orbs, I was like, no, these orbs can be much more interesting. How can I link them into a bigger story? Well, I did link them into a bigger story by saying that these were something that were used to destroy devils. They would blow up in the presence of devils, little mini sphere of annihilations, 20 foot radius, in the presence of devils. Had no clue what they were going to be used for. Do you know that now, now, one of the player groups is hated in hell and is considered public enemy number one? Yeah, 
Yeah, that little nugget allowed them to then start to work with members from the Abyss. Because the forces of the Abyss, the demons, are constantly at war with the devils. If you're using the D&D world settings or drawing inspiration from them as I do, who knew from one little sphere that that could happen? The other group used their sphere in a very different way. They annihilated a giant tortoise that was going to eat an entire island by liquefying the inside of its brain. Yeah. And they actually also killed the devil because they actually summoned the devil so that he would set off the sphere. Also public enemy number one. So lots of ingratiating going on. Anyway, I digress. Step number two. So now that you have got this thing, this farmer with mites in his field or a book or a whatever. Now you have to link it somehow. You have to bring it into the current story. And that is usually super easy. Let your creative juices flow over the thing and say, well, what on earth could I do with a farmer with mites in his field? Well, where did those mites originally come from? If the player characters didn't explore where they originally came from because they were low level or they thought that once they'd killed the mites, that was it. Well, perhaps the mites have returned. Only this time there aren't five mites, which was appropriate for the character level at that time, there are 50 million mites. But that has, has nothing to do with my campaign that has everything to do with, let's say, uh, dragons. But think, think, if the dragons are doing this and this and this, perhaps that has caused the mites to overpopulate or to stimulate growth, or to shake them out of their current location because the dragons are now doing something there and that causes the mites to come to the surface. So look at what it is that you are now trying to bring into your space, into your game, and then look at how you can link it into the bigger picture. It doesn't necessarily have to make complete sense. It could just be a close association. Remember, the players are only going to see these connections if they investigate further. And as they are investigating further, so you are creating those connections as they go along. It's very, very simple, folks. This is how the whole game works. If they don't investigate further, if they go, oh, 50 million mites, right, well, we did that last time, only now we've got bigger magic, so... And then they leave it at that. If they don't investigate further, you've spent nothing of it. They go, oh, I like the mites, because it kind of harkened back to our first level. And you go, well, there we go, objective achieved. Everyone had a good entertaining time we had a bit of a loop back to the original beginning of the game which is always nice it's comforting it allows the players to see how far they've come it allows you as the gm to see how far you've come as well and there we go done and dusted move on to step number one again find something else and bring it in however if they do go further that means you then need to go to step number three Step three is when the players start asking questions. When they start to delve into the reasons why. Why are there all of these mites coming out of the ground? This is what I am asking you. Because I am a player, apparently. The idea of the players now starting to investigate, going, well, these mites that have come out of the ground, where do they come from? Why are they coming out of the ground? Now you are starting to answer those questions. And you you might go, um, they all smell of sulfur. You don't know why they smell of sulfur, but the players are asking you questions and you've got to give them something to start following along. So the players then go, sulfur? But that doesn't make sense. The dragons are nowhere near sulfurous pits. Gah! 
No, you have not just made a problem for yourself. Inconsistencies create opportunities. This is something that you should have in your toolbox as a GM. Inconsistencies create opportunities. Opportunities to explain the inconsistency via an entire adventure. Yes. Where there is a problem, we now have an adventure. The adventure is going to explain the inconsistency. Yes, the dragons have got nothing to do with sulfur. Because so far you as the player characters have not discovered the sulfur link to the dragons. And the reason you haven't discovered this is because I haven't made it up yet, but it exists. Trust me. I don't know what's happening with all the accents today. I'm really, really, really enthusiastic about campaign webs, folks. And I, I suppose it's just, I, I like accents too. So there you go. Sorry for you. Right. So where there is inconsistency, there is opportunity. The opportunity is to create an adventure that links the two things together. So if you have said the mites are covered in sulfur, oh, but the dragons have nothing to do with sulfur. Okay, great. Well, now they're going to start following where the mites came from. That might take them into an underground cavern of some kind where we discover a laboratory. And the laboratory just happens to have some mad scientist who is creating mite food that grows mites at a ridiculous pace. What are mites? Mites are nothing. They're easy to destroy. We know this. Ah, but what if the mites are just the experimental creature? And what we discover is that this crazy scientist is in the employ of a dragon. And he is trying to learn how to grow dragons to even bigger, more intimidating scales so that they might dominate the universe! <laughs> you see how the inconsistency created an amazing adventure, which now gives the players extra pressure because they're going, oh, we have to stop this mad scientist before the dragons become even more powerful because otherwise we are in serious trouble. The inconsistency has closed up. You've had a wonderful little adventure. The players have got their throwback all the way back to the beginning of the world. And you go, thank you very much. And I've also included step number four and step number three, because step number four is now you take an outside influence or your main protagonist or antagonist or whatever forces the player characters are fighting against, and you link it to the consistency adventure. I couldn't help myself. I just did it naturally because that is what I do all the time. This is how I run my games is that I go, well, I didn't know about that one, but now I'm going to try and figure out how to do this. It allows you as the GM to be hip hop, skip scopping around and putting these things into place and having fun in doing that. If you don't relish coming up with stuff and with links on the fly, I seriously think you are going to have a really tough time running games. At least games on a, a long-term scale. There's just so much stuff. So step number four is take the inconsistency, take the weirdness and wherever it goes and figure out how to then tie it back to your principal uh, opponent for the PCs, the antagonist for the PCs. It can be tenuous. It could be super simple, but link it back. Now, I hear you asking the question, but guy, why should it link back to the primary opponent of the PCs? Why should it not just be some random opponent which the PCs can defeat and then move on and close the chapter on the knights? Aha! But we, you, the GM, 
brought the mites back. The PCs had forgotten all about the mites. We brought the mites back because of the whole reason for campaign webs in the first place. And that is step number five. Step number five is to take the PCs and say, <laughs> Guys, you've been floundering, you've been wandering around, you've been doing this, you've been doing this, you've been doing this. And I kind of want to bring my game to a conclusion. I kind of want to bring the campaign towards an ending. So I need to now motivate you. I need to move you in the right direction. I know it seems weird by doing an adventure, which would extend the length of the campaign. But at the same time, they're discovering a new thing. They're discovering a pressure. Now, if you remember the video I did years ago on the three Ps, problem, pressure, and pain. As we increase those values, the player characters are forced, whether they want to or not, to take action. And so that is what we need to do when we are bringing our campaigns to a conclusion is we need to drive the player characters. We need to make it feel more intense, more pressured, more. We need to drive those three Ps. We need to put more pressure on them. We need to give them more problems that they need to solve and we need to increase the pain. So by linking our entire little, this has nothing to do with anything. We are psychologically driving the players on a little adventure. They're going, oh, this is a fun little adventure. La -da 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 -da. I mean, I don't really think that that's what's going on in some players' heads. I think most players are far more intelligent than that. But at the same time, the intelligent players are going, okay, we're going on this adventure. I'm not sure exactly what it has to do with anything, but the other players wanted to go along with it. When you then reveal the link back to the primary antagonist, the intelligent players are going, oh my God, it's much bigger than we thought it was we need to act now because clearly the world is moving and the antagonist is not just a dead lump that is waiting like a computer game antagonist for us to arrive and to defeat it. It is actively doing things around the space to enhance itself. Just as we're going up levels or we're advancing, so the antagonist is doing it. So the intelligent players are going to feel that pressure even more. The players who are just la di dying going along around, they will start to go, Sherbert, you know, this thing happened and it was linked to the antagonist. This thing happened and it was linked to the antagonist. This thing happened and was linked to the antagonist. Maybe we should look at the antagonist. So it hyper-focuses everybody back to your primary evil and it allows you as well to then add in more information that they might be missing. So in the case of an extremely long campaign, the player characters have forgotten stuff that they have learned. Not just the player characters, the players too. I have dense notebooks from my campaigns that have only been running for a year and a half. I page through them, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was where the players learned that the monster was immune to fire. But now I know all of my players have come Kind of focused on fire. I think they forgot that little point. Time to bring that point back into the player's conscious memory, back into their world by reminding them of it. So these ideas of building this web, almost dragging all of these very separate ideas into a central point, is, in my opinion, a much more effective and entertaining way, not only for the players, but for you as well, in to, to, to bringing your, your, your campaign to a successful conclusion. You could just not do all of that and just have the antagonist arrive and have the players beat the antagonist and it dies. There's nothing wrong with that. 
I feel though that you can finesse it by wrapping your campaign up in a nice, neat, linked web thing. Everything is kind of connected to everything else. It will satiate the players who really like that kind of stuff. It will make the players who don't care about that kind of stuff. It will make them see that there was a bigger picture in the first place and that that was contributory towards their experience. And so perhaps they might start to take more interest in the next campaign that you run. So I feel there are so many benefits, so many benefits to building this campaign web once you're towards the end, I, you can do it earlier on for sure, but you don't want to also deny yourself this wonderful ability to be able to do this right at the end of your campaign and pull those strands and threads together. The final thought that I have on this before we go is how many of these things should you tie together? And the answer to that really is what are the salient points that your player characters need to know about your antagonist before the final showdown? So with your dragons, do they need to know that they're immune to fire, that they can fly? If they haven't already got this, or if you're worried that they may have forgotten it or overlooked it, or quite possibly, you guys got the book of dragons and you haven't read it. Maybe you should. You could just have an NPC saying, oh, it's a nice book. Do you mind if I read that? When you're finished reading it, of course. But it might be a little bit too subtle. So someone trying to steal that book will get them to be more interested in the book and possibly read the book. Anyway, those are my thoughts. A massive thank you to watching all the way to this point. If you liked the video, hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. All of these things are really designed to make me, and very importantly, the editing goblin, really happy. Because there's a bit of a thing going on between the editing goblin and the web goblin. The web goblin runs the web page, www.greatgamemaster.com, and the editing goblin does all of the videos, puts the videos together, you see. And the two of them are kind of going, well, I get more people to watch, or I get more people to watch, and they can only really compare that with likes and subscribes or with page visits. I'm not going to tell you who's winning, and I'm not going to tell you what happens to the loser, but I'm just saying, hit that like button or the uh, subscribe button. Anyway, until next time, a huge thank you to my wonderful patrons. And until we meet again, I wish you and yours the happiest of gaming.